0: The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, Winbet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the Winbet app and start winning today. State restrictions do apply. We're also brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Final Four Watch Party April 1st at 7.30 p.m., SGP will be at the Ice House in Los Angeles. Come hang out with the crew. All of the info at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash icehouse. Adios, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network episode 313. We're going to dedicate this episode to anybody who isn't a judge in England. Uh, I, of course, am Daniel Gubby Freeland. I am the host here of this show. Uh thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh if you you are tuning in for the not the first time and you enjoy listening to us, uh make sure you subscribe to the MMA gambling podcast specific feed, although we're also on the SGPN one as well, uh and give us a review. We always really appreciate when we get those reviews. Uh and uh, we've gotten a couple of them lately and I just want to say thank you. So um of course I can't do this alone. We're going to recap UFC 286 today and uh you know I I guess maybe I could do it alone it would be pretty boring. Uh but in order to do so I'm bringing in my uh guest host who's back for yet another episode, Kurt Chase Patrick Kurt. Uh first thoughts on the event all together? I thought it was a good event. Uh, I love the main
1: event. Obviously the co-main event was great. Uh kind of like you said though a lot of uh, a lot of weird things going on with the judges. Um point deductions all over the place it was it was uh had some ups, had some downs but overall i i enjoyed the card
0: yes uh and and i the the point deductions and maybe this is the that's the right lead in here right the point deductions are a weird one for me because if they were just applied equally even if it was like they never happen they always happen on this kind they never happen on this guy like if they were just consistent and across the board i'd literally have no problem with it the the problem exists in the fact that like they stop the fight. One, one ref will give seven warnings about groin shots. The other one will take a point. The first time he sees somebody outstretch a finger towards a jab, you know what I mean? Like for an eye poke. And so I just don't understand how they can't be more consistent across the board, but uh, let, let's use that as a way to jump into the main event, uh, which everybody knows at this point was Leon Edwards defending his title against Kamar Usman. The official scorecard comes down 48, 46, 48, 46, 47, 47 uh, for a majority decision with that one draw in there. Kamara Usman, actually, sorry, Leon Edwards got a point deducted in the third round from a uh, from a, a very egregious fence grab. So so I guess let's start there with that one. Right, right move to take a point, correct? Yeah, I think so. I mean,
1: like you said, it was a pretty egregious fence grab, And I think the big key is that it affected the takedown, right? Like Kamar Usman was clearly going to get a takedown if that grab didn't happen. So, yeah, I think it was warranted there.
0: Yeah, and, and for me, that those are the fence grabs that I think you have to, like, penalize right away. Because, right, like, Kamar Usman on the ground, which is what he wanted to do the whole fight and what he failed to do for pretty much the entire fight, with the exception of a little bit in that first round— It it took away his chance to do that. So, uh, yeah, completely weird one for me. Here's the other weird one for me in in that point deduction, right? It seems like across the board, everybody mostly agreed that that round was Camaro's. And he got the the point deduction. That's a 10-8 round for him. Other people debated if he won two, possibly won four, do you know that one of the judges who scored that fight for Kamar or for uh, Leon Edwards gave Leon Edwards the third round?
1: Um, I did see that. Yes, I, I don't think I don't do not think Leon Edwards won that round. Again, like the judging was, was all over the place that night. Uh, yeah.
0: And, uh, you know. and that was it. And, and it's worth noting, too, that's Ben Cartilage, a guy who usually I'm like kind of on the same page with as far as his judging. Like he doesn't usually seem like an idiot when it comes to this, but like he didn't give Usman the second. He didn't give Usman the third. And then he turned around and gave Usman the fourth, which like if he won any of those rounds, the fourth is the one he least won. In my opinion, I gave him the second, I gave him a 10, third. I thought it was going to a draw, but here he is. He's given him just the fourth, which is probably the worst scorecard out of all of them. And it was a scorecard or a set of scorecards that included Chris Lee in it. So uh wild overall, how did you score the fight? Did you give uh did you give Usman a round other than the third? Um I man, it was it overall
1: it was a pretty close fight. Um you know, I I don't have like I didn't necessarily score for it, I'm gonna be honest with you, like round by round. Mm-hmm. But the overall just after after watching I did rewatch it again I probably should rewatch it and actually score I think Leon deserved to win that fight a lot of the rounds were very close but I just think he did the better work overall I was super surprised at how well he was able to defend takedowns how quick he was to get up off the mat and again like if you look at the first fight he or should say well, I, I, yeah, the first fight too because he got dominated on the ground. But specifically that second fight, he just looked like he, he was so willing to allow the the cage wrestling, uh, the long stretches of grappling on the ground to happen. In this fight, he was just super urgent to get back to his feet, get his back against the cage, get off the cage. His his lateral movement was great. His body work and uh, work with the leg kicks were great. Um, yeah, I think he definitely deserved to win the fight. I thought it was relatively close, but. Um, I I think it's going to be hard to find three rounds that Usman won in that fight.
0: Yeah, I I kind of agree with you on this one. I I think anybody who's out here saying that Usman won was probably watching it with with Usman colored glasses, right? Like you really were looking for Usman to win. And it's worth noting only uh, two people on MMA decisions, which is usually my go-to to to see what the scorecards probably should have been. Only two guys— on MMA decisions scored it for Usman and it was two people from outlets who are probably not in the MMA scoring business so uh you know I I generally think that both draw or Leon Edwards 48-46 are not bad scorecards either of those would have been acceptable um but I do have to say like if it's going to be 48-46 it, it better be because just because Usman won a 10, eight third and nothing else because uh, yeah, that, that one was for tough for me. I am excited in how good Leon Edwards looked in this window to, to your point. I, I think the fact that he wasn't willing to accept positions and all that kind of stuff is huge going forward. Now that's actually what I want to talk about next. I want to talk about moving forward, but before we do that, let me talk about a different kind of win. Uh, win bet is the official online sports book of the, Sports gambling podcast network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and a ton of other states. Be on the lookout for WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, mark key games of the week have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness is here, so there's so many different ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today and receive a special offer: bet $100, get $100. Limited to state availability, and of course for our Dgens only. If you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head on over to winbet.com or download the Winbet app. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. So as I said, I wanted to talk about what's next for Leon Edwards because it seemed to me it seemed to me that we had a lot of options for what was next for Leon Edwards. Mentally, I was like, ah, Bilal Muhammad, you know, he's won a bunch in a row. He's got that, you know, there's a, there's talk about what makes sense to fight Leon Edwards after the eye poke, the DQ, them just moving on and not setting rematch. That seems like it makes sense. You got, uh... Gilbert Burns looking to, to win yet again over Jorge Masvidal and possibly stake his claim. You got Shavkat Rakhmonov shooting up the rankings and looking as good as possible. And of course, D- Dana White takes this opportunity to tell us, no, no, no. None of those great options are even close to being on the forefront. He, in fact, is guaranteeing the next title shot to Colby Covington. Of all people, Colby Covington, Mr. Two and two over the last four years, Colby Covington is supposedly getting first crack at Leon Edwards. Now that the trilogy is over, what are your thoughts on that Colby Covington, uh, Leon Edwards matchup? I mean, the fight itself
1: I like, but is Colby Covington the most deserving champion? No. And, and, you know, I think we're going to have a conversation about this in, you know the co-main event. Like I love Justin Gaethje. He's he's one of my favorite fighters. But does Justin Gaethje deserve a title shot next off this win? No. Like you know Colby's had two opportunities, right? Um, he also, if I'm mistaken, won if I'm not mistaken, won an interim belt, right? He's had his opportunities. He he lost two very close but clear fights to Kamaru Usman. Um, I think Bilal Muhammad is is far more deserving. I think Gilbert Burns possibly with a win over Jorge Masvidal would be more deserving. And also, like, I, I'm surprised Dana would guarantee that just – and I'm not saying that I agree with this or would even want this, but, dude, like, if Jorge Masvidal beats Gilbert Burns, you got to imagine, like, Dana might slow his roll on Colby Covington getting the next title shot because even though that happened, what, four years ago now, there was still the backstage altercation with Leon and – uh Jorge which I still can't believe they never made that, that fight. Um I'm surprised they would they would go, uh, you know, so outrightly say that Colby is the next contender. I don't think he deserves it. As far as the fight though, I do think it would be an interesting fight. Um but the way that Leon stuffed Kamaru in this fight, the way he moved laterally and and, and really outstruck Kamaru for most of this fight like, dude, I, I think I think that's a far far more interesting fight now.
0: Yeah, I, I will say I, I if that fight does come to fruition, I'm all over the Leon Edwards side in that fight. Uh, he should be like a negative 200 or better favorite against Colby Covington. Because
1: let, let, you know. let me ask you, though, there's a
0: difference between
1: should and will he? What do you think the odds would be right now? Unbiased. Oh, uh, what do I Leon think? Leon and, and Colby, what they will be, not what they should be, because I agree with you. They should be Leon Edwards as as a, a decent favorite.
0: I, I will say he will start at least as a slight favorite. I'm gonna say like negative 140, negative 145, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it get bet closer to even by the like you know general public, the the Colby Covington fans and stuff out there. Because I you're right, L- Leon Edwards is just not he's not that exciting name, and I don't know what it is about Leon Edwards that like bums people out, but like for some reason nobody wants to be excited about this if. if a guy in any division had walked in and beaten handedly twice. The guy who was slowly becoming considered like greatest of all time in that division, right? People were having Camaro versus GSP debates. That was like a real debate. Yeah. We were talking about whether or not he had the best resume in welterweight history. And he had a claim for at least a little bit. Now somebody walked into the division, beat that guy twice. And for some reason, we're not talking about him as if he might be the greatest thing that ever came. You know, like if Alex Pajeda goes out there and he starches uh, Israel Desanya in the rematch, and now he's 2-0 and against the guy who we were saying was creeping up on Anderson Silva, people will be talking about Pajeda as if he's like the second coming of Christ. For some reason, Leon Edwards is like this forgotten, you know, stepchild that nobody really cares about. And I don't, do you know what it is about him? What is it about Leon Edwards that just makes people not get behind him?
1: I don't know. I, I, I think I find him interesting. I find his story interesting. I find his, you know, his personality is not like jumping off the page, but I find it interesting enough. And dude in the cage, like he's all action. Like he's a very, very slick striker. I thought last night's fight was, was compelling. I thought it was, uh I thought it was interesting. I thought it was a great fight. You know, obviously at the, insane uh, original win for the title over Kamaru. I don't know, man. I, I'm surprised they they can't get, be, get behind them. But, uh, you know, a Colby Covington fight, at the very least, would probably make uh, Leon Edwards a baby face. So that might do something for him.
0: Yeah, maybe. Although I I do think that the best chance of him going in and, like, becoming a, a favorite, somebody that people love, is going and taking that one back from Masvidal. So like you mentioned – you know, if Masvidal, by some miracle, beats Gilbert Burns, which I think there's, you know, like a 2% chance of that actually happening, I think that fight would go a long way for Leon Edwards' popularity. Because I I kind of think that some of that popularity loss is, the guy got pieced up backstage. um, And the guy beat the brakes off of Nate Diaz for, you know, what was it, 24 minutes or something in that fight? But he sure as heck did not win that last minute, and... For some reason, that's what people remember about this guy is that he didn't win the last minute of the Nate Diaz fight and he got punched backstage and like, you know, not that that makes him a, you know, a uh, failure. It makes him, you know, not cool, but like, for some reason, people remember his least cool moment. So I I think it's a little bit of that sucks for him. Yeah. And it sucks for him. And maybe if he were to go get the, if, if he were to go get the Jorge Masvidal piece of it all back. I think people would feel a lot differently about him. So uh, maybe that's the best thing that could happen to him. Like you said, maybe being the baby face against Colby Covington would. I got to be honest, and this is the last thing we'll say on Leon Edwards because we've now spent half of the episode talking about him, although I guess he sort of deserves it. But who do you think of the people we've kind of mentioned as contenders or fringe contenders right now, given what he did last night, who do you think has the best style to beat a Leon Edwards. That's a
1: really, really good question. Um, I, I mean, dude, you probably have to see him one more time. And, and you know, they're talk, they're talking about Bilal Muhammad possibly fighting this man, but Shavkat Rachmanov, dude. Uh, I thought he kind of had one of those, you know, moments in his last fight where yeah, like, you know, Jeff Neal definitely had some moments against him, but I think Shavkat. Wanted to prove that he can go out, out there and bang. I think a lot of what happened in that fight was Shopcott's willingness to, you know, maybe lay off the game plan a little bit and just get into a war. But, dude, he is the goods, man. His wrestling is great. He can strike with the best. He's very, very calculated, very um offensively savvy. I, I think that's the dude, man. Uh, Again, like I, I, th- I think probably Bilal deserves the next shot. I don't I don't think they're going to do it I don't know so give me yeah give me Bilal for Shavkat probably not that fair for for Bilal but dude if Shavkat were to go out there and uh you know chew through Bilal man that's the dude
0: that and and I kind of I literally asked this question so I could talk more about how much I like Shavkat Rachmanov and uh how (laughs) how I thought he was the best person for the job it seems like he's the right kind of style that would mess with Leon. He's going to be longer than Leon. At least I, I think he's going to be longer than Leon, which is not something Leon's used to dealing with. You know, like you said, he's got range. He can fight out there, but he can also mix in the wrestling. His submissions are slick. I think he's got the right kind of game to beat Leon Edwards. Will he ultimately, who knows? Like we'd have to see how he looks in that. But if that fight with Bilal Muhammad does get booked, it confirms just how much Dana White hates Bilal Muhammad because there's literally no reason this dude should have to try to walk through Shavkat Rockman off to get a title shot after a 10 fight winning streak. Cause that's utterly it's wild. Yeah. It's utterly ridiculous. It's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in, in terms of matchmaking it's um, it, it's Tony Ferguson esque at this point, right? Like it's, it's Tony Ferguson's win streak to get his, you know, lone interim title shot against uh, Kevin Lee, you know, ridiculous. So Um, Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully something else happens. Hopefully Leon Edwards' management tells uh, Colby Covington to kick rocks um, or whatever it is, and we get the matchup that we actually deserve. So um, let's get to the rest of the card. But before we do, let me quickly tell you that we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is heating up for March Madness. College Pick'em is a great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket is busted after day one. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props Head on over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for an 100% deposit bonus of up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right. So as I said, we're going to move down the card a little bit now, walk our way through it. The next fight, the co-main event, we kind of predicted it would be fight of the night, and it was. Did officially get the bonus, although there were some other great fights on there, too. Justin Gaethje defeats Rafael Fiziev, uh, which I'm not sure I hate the, the winner here. Again, I think Gaethje probably won, but here we go. Once again with the scorecards, and that's the theme of this one. 29-28, 29-28, 28-28 uh, in, in a wild way. Did you happen to catch how this wound up being 28-28? I saw that one of the judges gave Justin Gaethje, correct me if
1: I'm wrong, but a 10-8 third round. A 10-8 third round, uh, yes. which is, yes. I, I don't know how I mean, this happened. <laughs> I, I thought Justin Gaethje did his best work in the third round, but, I mean, Justin was rocked at the beginning of the first round. He came back strong, but there was no no clean knockdowns, no almost finish. I mean, this is a bad 10-8. I, I do think the right guy won. I thought I thought Gaethje won this fight. Very close fight. I mean, Fazeev was the perfect dance partner for him. But, yeah, dude, the 10-8 in, in the third is 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 terrible. And imagine if it was like the opposite, where Faziv wins the first two rounds, like clearly, and then Gechi gets a 10-8 third round, and now we're talking about a draw where it clearly shouldn't have been, you know, a 10-8 third. Um, yeah, but again, I thought the right guy won.
0: I, I agree with you. And and I'm just going to say one more thing about the judging in this one, because it was terrible, not just on that 10-8 card for Paul Sutherland, but Clemens Werner scored that fight, 29-28 Gaethje, which I thought was fine, except for he gave Gechi the first, um, which is kind of wild uh you know i thought i thought fazia clearly won the first uh and if you it's worth noting if you flip-flop that round for clemens werner and you give it 10-9 to Faziev, which hey like i I think there's a very clear argument that fazia won the first it's a split draw uh it would have been a split draw on the scorecards uh, because Fazeev would have drew on one card, he would have won on another one, and he would have lost on the third one. So, you know, again, the the judges just in a terrible place. Now, not to, to take the attention away from the fighters, because we should talk about the fighters. It does seem like Gaethje in this position fixed a lot of things and was not just like balls-to-the-wall aggression like he is. Am, am I wrong in saying that in, in on first watch? No,
1: I th- I thought he fought a very smart fight, and again, he he kind of brawled when he had to, but I, th- I thought he fought smart on the outside. Um, he actually did a pretty good job of checking some of Fiziev's uh, kicks. I thought he did well going to the leg himself. Got a takedown. <laughs> you know, I thought that was funny uh, <laughs> when he tell everyone to, sh- you know, shut up after the fight. Um, I yeah, I thought he fought. I thought he fought a smart. Fight. And again, like it just like even Gaethje fighting a smart fight is still like all action. I mean, dude, I, again, like I think he is right in saying he is probably the most exciting fighter this sport has seen. And this is a sport with a ton of exciting fighters, but dude, Justin Gaethje is literally must see TV, win, lose or draw. The guy, he insane.
0: I I agree with you entirely. I I think he's probably the most exciting dude who we've ever seen. He, he just fights like somebody he fights like somebody with all of the skills and knowledge that we have in 2023, but like the game planning of somebody in like Chuck Liddell's era, you know what I mean? <laughs> like,
1: yeah, like, that, 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 yeah, that's good. I like and, that. And,
0: yeah. And it, it's, it's wild, but it, Hey, it's working enough for him. Cause here he is beating Rafael Faziev. So, I guess that brings me into my next question. And you mentioned, you don't like the idea of him getting a title shot. I agree with you on that. What do we do next with Justin Gaethje then? Who, who the hell does he fight? Because he's sitting here at number three, Charles Olivera is in front of him. He's already booked. Dustin Poirier is the only other name in front of him. You know, behind him is Benil Daryush, who is again, already booked Michael Chandler, who's seemingly tied to a Conor McGregor fight and Raphael Fiziev, who he just beat. So like, is it just Poirier, or does he have to fight somebody way down the rankings here?
1: No, no, it, it's it's Dustin Poirier, 100%. The first fight was absolute bonkers madness. Now is the perfect time because Poirier's in the same realm where, like, you know, he he's had his shot at gold numerous times. He's come up short. He's always going to be just same the same as Justin Gaethje, one win away from a title shot. Now is the perfect time you do that as as. Man, I, you know, you want to say like a pay-per-view co-main event, but this has to be five rounds. So it has to be has to be a, a fight night uh, main event. But yeah, this 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 fight, five rounds, number one contender. Um, I love it because here's the thing. But Neil Darius deserves the title shot right now. should not even have to fight Charles Oliveira. That's an amazing fight, though. I am looking forward to it. Uh, the winner of that definitely deserves a shot. But yeah, give me Poirier Gaethje, um for the violence weight title.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I, I think that's the way we gotta go. Uh, and it's it sucks, but this the top of this lightweight division is kind of like clustering itself and not letting the Matues, Gamrots, and the Armin Sakurians of the world like play ball. You know what I mean? Like that we're we're not getting enough movement here because like you know it was a really great first fight, but do I want to see you know rematches up and down this division nonstop? Not really. I'd, I'd like to see something fresher happening, but that does seem. Uh, like it would be exciting and like what would be next. Um, all right. So speaking of next, uh, we're going to move on to the welterweight fight where Gunnar Nelson did exactly what Kurt predicted he would as his prop of the week, which was submit Brian Barberena. He did so in short fashion in the first round, nine seconds before that bell rung. He picked up an arm bar. Uh, not much to say here other than this looked like what we were really hoping Gunnar Nelson would despite the layoff. And uh, I, I kind of just hope we see him more.
1: Yeah, that's that's my takeaway too. He did what he had to do. Um, grappling looked great. He actually looked pretty good on his feet, uh, you know, as long as he stayed there. Brian Barberina is a uh, brawler, and he never really, never really could get anything going on the feet. Um, like you said, man, I just I would like to see him just stay
0: active. Yeah, and and if we got a uh, fantasy book him too, just book him with the type of fighter who he was supposed to fight on this card. He was not supposed to fight Brian Barberina. He was supposed to fight. Uh, Daniel Rodriguez, give him Daniel Rodriguez, Michelle Pereira, uh, any, anybody right, exactly. in, anybody in that tier of fighter. I'd like to see even somebody like Max Griffin, I think is a little bit better than Barberena and like knocking on the door of the top 15. Somebody like that would do just fine for me. Um, next up, we got a couple of women who are already ranked. Uh, and those are women's flyways. Jennifer Maya won a unanimous decision over hot prospect Casey O'Neill 30, 27, 29, 28, 29, 28. Uh, I feel like a lot of people were calling this a fraud check on Casey O'Neill. Did, did you feel that way after the the fact that she's just maybe not what we thought she was or, you know, coming back from an injury, biting off more than she can chew kind of situation?
1: No, I, I, I think that definitely fraud check is not is not the uh, right labeling for this. You know, she's fighting Jennifer Meyer, who not too long ago fought for a title. Not too long ago, to you know, had a had a relatively competitive fight with Valentina Shevchenko. She was coming off an injury, big step up in competition. Um, she found out she has a lot to work on. You know, I I wouldn't uh, jump off the Casey O'Neal train yet. I would I would be more willing to heave props on uh, Jennifer Maya for fighting a really smart and uh, veteran fight and getting the W here.
0: Absolutely. And taking on a prospect that not a lot of people wanted to be the one defending their spot in the rankings again. So, yeah, good on Jennifer Maya. Good to see her pick up another win. Uh, to shame that we were not in on the dog money on her. Um, right. We were in on the dog money on Roman DeLizze, which didn't wind up going well for us. Marvin Vittori wins that fight. Twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty nine, twenty eight, thirty, twenty seven. Uh, another huge question mark there in the judges. Uh, Once again, Paul Sutherland, the guy who decided to give Justin Gaethje a 10-8 third round, scored every single round, including the first for Marvin Vittori. Uh, if you look at the media scorecards on this, they're pretty split right down the middle, 29-28 on just about everybody's except for a couple of whack jobs from SureDog, who had it 30-27 for Delize, and Jed Beshu, who usually... Uh, is the worst scorecard on uh m m a decisions every single week from m m a fighting he had a thirty twenty seven victory <laughs> uh but uh apart from that you know pretty split right down the middle i, I definitely was watching it with uh with my Roman delse fan glasses on so i I thought in the moment he was gonna win and then afterwards I thought, well, did he win a lot of those exchanges i uh, wasn't so sure what what did you think of this one who who did you have
1: I thought delse won um Close fight again, but I thought he was a little bit crisper on the feet. Um, he going to be honestly, the
0: one doing damage too,
1: right? Yeah. Th- well, that's what I was going to say. He was doing more damage, and I thought he impacted the fight more than Vittoria. You know, Vittori wasn't really able to get, I feel like, what he wanted going. And, on and, um, you know, it turned into a, a primarily striking battle that I just thought Delize had the upper hand in.
0: Yeah. And I will say this too. I don't think Delize slides too far down the rankings with this. Um, In in my own personal vote, I didn't drop him a single spot from where I already had him. Um, I I think he's, you know, uh, he is kind of one of those up and coming contenders like, uh, Dreykus Duplices, who is like, you know, right on the verge of cracking into this, you know, fraternity of top ranked guys. I actually think he's way better than Dreykus Duplices. If you put him and Dreykus Duplices in there, give me Roman Delize every single time. So, uh, I don't think his stock drops too much, losing a close war to Marvin Vittori. Um, I'll tell you whose stock does go up. That's Jack Shore, who won his featherweight debut coming up from Bantamweight for the first time. Did not look phased by the size. A little bit maybe in the first round. But in that second round, he just took Makwana Mirakani to task, both on the feet and the mat. Rear naked choke in the second round. Uh, what do you think of Jack Shore up at featherweight?
1: Man, he looked good. And again, we haven't talked about it uh, in the last you know, the previous show, but Americani is that guy where he's tough, man. And he did fight, you know, tough in that first round. He, he made Jack Shore earn it. But again, Americani's a tough guy that you should get through. And I thought Jack Shore passed with, with, uh, relatively flying colors. He looked uh, really good. I'm excited to see him up a weight. Um, you know, he might run into some issues with, with size down the road, but man, he looked good in this fight.
0: Yeah, and I was thinking about some of those guys at featherweight, too. There are some that will give him trouble with size, uh, particularly in the wrestling department that I'm a little bit worried about. You know, if he starts running into the Mavsar Eploebs of the world, even somebody like Bryce Mitchell, who's like a really good grappler and maybe not like a size bully, but like a good grappler could give him problems. But I do think his striking from range could potentially just hold up well enough um, that he could make a run through this division. Now, uh, we're moving on next. We're going to talk about a pair of lightweight fights. Uh, not a ton to say about this one. Chris Duncan beats Omar Morales by split decision, 29-28, 29-28, 27-30 uh, in, in a very bizarre scorecard. Do you want to wager I guess at which, uh, which judge scored it? Uh, Omar Morales, 30-27. Oh, hey, look, it's Paul Sutherland again. <laughs> <laughs> Same guy who gave it to Gaethje. Yeah. Um, Same guy who messed up that other scorecard we were just talking about. Uh, Yeah, like just awful scorecards across the board. Um, uh, Yeah, I I think uh, Duncan did a good job of proving he isn't just a right hand and nothing else. He he wrestled a little bit here. I think he probably wins this fight, but I I don't know too much about what I think of his long-term success in this division.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Again, I think, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sutherland? Paul Sutherland, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Sutherland did not have a good night. I th- again, I think the <laughs> right guy won. Um, close fight again, but yeah, I think the right guy won, so I'm I'm definitely happy about that. I don't know what his yeah what his uh, upper bound uh, potential is, but you know you got the dub here. He just deserved to win.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of guys who deserved the win, Anal Ashmov knocked out Sam Patterson in 75 seconds with a big, big combination after catching a kick. Um, you know, kind of the the Thought out there on Patterson was once in a while his chin is going to get checked. I didn't think it happened from a 5'9", uh, lightweight, but here it is. He finally got checked. Uh, I, again, I don't know how much this is saying about Eshmav. I, I think he probably still needs to show us a little bit more. But, um, he. I mean, he, he did what he was supposed to do. Yeah, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> expect this to
1: happen again. Like, you know, now now in the show I'm 0 for two in my locks, so maybe don't listen to me. But uh yeah, I mean Ashwav went out there and uh I mean just threw it a looping overhand right and you know, Patterson uh took it on the chin and uh it was over from there. Definitely need to yeah. see a little bit more from Ashmov though and uh you know, maybe 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 pump the brakes on Patterson a little bit because I was honestly pretty high on him. I thought he had the goods.
0: I, I was really high on him too. I agree with you. And and you know you can dog on yourself for your locks a little bit, but it's worth noting. Justin Gaethje, your underdog of the week, plus 190, that hit. Uh, Gunnar Nelson, your your prop of the week, plus 110, that hit. So you know overall pretty darn good night. And nine and five overall, nine five and one. I was only seven and seven. So a uh, l- little bit worse here. Um, speaking of a little bit worse, Mohammed Mulkaev looked a little bit worse than he ever has. Uh. It appeared that early in the fight, he, did he tap out? Uh, I'm seeing footage on Twitter that has now been taken off uh, where it looked like he had previously tapped out to a weird shoulder, you know, just having like pressure on his shoulder. Uh, he, he damn near tapped out to a knee bar that looked to be in and looked to have dislocated his knee pretty significantly. Um, it turns out on the judge's court cards, he was on his way to losing a decision to Jafel Thilo before he gets the submission with 28 seconds left. Are, are we? Do we need to put our expectations on Muhammad Mukayev in check a little bit here? Yeah. Again, like
1: you know, he's not he's not ready for uh, Brandon Moreno next uh, uh, next fight. You know, I
0: think here's I think a, a lot of people here's a question that though. Route. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of people were saying like, this guy's got a potential to be the youngest champ, which means we're we're heading for a you know a Davis and radio fight or although oh, he's moving up a oh, weight, but you know, like we're moving for you know one of those top echelon guys. I wanna ask you if if you booked him and granted, you know, he's gotta heal up first, but if you booked him with Tim Elliott, would you pick Mokayev? Tim Elliott
1: is literally the name I was just looking at. Look you know, before when we when we were shifting this fight, I I mean, dude, Tim Elliott's a tough fight for him. Tell Tim Elliott, it's good on the feet, he's got good cardio, awkward he's scrappy. Yeah, very <laughs> awkward. Tim Elliott's a guy that I think right now that could give Muhammad Makhayev a lot of trouble. Um Gun to my head, I'd probably pick Mokayev because I do think he he I mean, look, dude, you know, he he went through a lot of adversity in this fight. I don't know how he did not tap to that knee bar. And he found a way to get out. I didn't see Tapgate though. I gotta I gotta look online and see if I could find that. But uh man, he found a way to win and I think Jol he was pretty damn solid, right? Like Yeah. It was def- a good test for him. You know, definitely uh, a good guy showing. Debuting, Um yeah, I think I think a Tim Elliott guy is, is the right next move. Like we don't have to bump him up all the way to the top five yet and rush him. There's only one John Jones. You know, I don't I don't know if we're going to ever see that record be broken. I know people talk about it a lot, but he was so advanced for his age.
0: True. Very true. And, and physically advanced for his age, too. You know, like, he, he was Mentally, just like a,
1: physically, yeah. like he's the whole package, man.
0: Yeah, it, it, he's a different animal. So I, I think that that's probably what next for him. But what's really next for him is probably ACL surgery or something like that, because he, he looks like he's going to be out for a little while. Um, And, and maybe that's a good thing, because maybe when he'll come back, they will they will say, we can't rush him. We got to give him a feeler fight first. And maybe Tim Elliott or somebody to that nature uh, is the right move next. Um, Speaking of bad moves, uh, the judges gave this fight to Lerone Murphy over Gabriel Santos, 28, 29, 29, 28, 29, 28. Uh, once again, I just, I throw my hands up in the air at the judges from this weekend because I I thought when this was going to the judges scorecards, I thought for sure this was going to Santos. I thought he won. Uh, I thought he won at least two rounds. I thought there was even an argument that you could have given them all three rounds, although probably not such a great argument. It seemed like Murphy probably won that third one, but there you go. Home uh, Home cooking. Lerone Murphy uh, winds up winning this one. By the way, uh, if you were looking at MMA decisions, there were 17 different media members who scored this fight. Two of them scored it for Lerone Murphy. Um, not much to say here other than the newcomer gets a nice boost, right? Yeah, I, I think
1: Gabriel Santos, especially taking that fight on uh, short notice, man. He uh, he shined here. I, I, I agree. I thought he won the fight. Um, but, you know, something to look forward to. I think both these guys have a bright future, you know, Lerone Murphy at the end of the day, he did win. We might not agree, but man, he, he's very good as well. I, I like both these guys a lot.
0: Yeah. And it's almost a disservice to Lerone Murphy. Cause like he, yeah, this sucks, right? yeah like he, he, he fought really well. And in a way that like, we probably shouldn't feel bad about him at the end of the day, but like here we are feeling bad about him because he like, it in a, a fight. We arguably think he didn't win. Um, and, uh, you know, we got to just kind of give it to him. So, um, other kind of a bummer moment of the night was Chris Leroy Duncan, who was my lock of the week. He did hit that is now eight out of nine locks on the year for me. Only Terrence McKinney fucking up my record, uh, so far on this year against Ishmael Bonfim. Uh, but Chris Leroy Duncan, uh, wins by knee injury. Dushko Todorovic looked to be trying to take him down. His knee popped out. I, I just kind of feel like I wish Christian Leroy Duncan got a chance to you know, have his moment. Cause he was in England, he was making his debut. He does win, but like, I don't know if it, it doesn't feel the same when you win that way. Right. Yeah. You don't ever
1: want to win anything like that. And uh, hopefully it's has a, a speedy recovery, but uh, didn't look good, man. Um, yeah. It sucks. Especially being in your hometown. It's like, it kind of moves you along, you know, but I'm sure he did not feel that great about that win.
0: Yeah, that's a bummer. And now I'll tell you who did feel great about that win. And that's Jake Hadley, who won in 61 seconds over Malcolm Gordon after Malcolm Gordon w- uh, missed weight. Uh, he not only won that fight, but he winds up with a performance bonus and 30 percent of Malcolm Gordon's paycheck. Uh, huge night for Jake Hadley at home. He- here's a thought, you know, like we, we were talking about Mohamed Mulkaev and how he kind of got checked a little bit here. It, I, I know these two have bad blood from the regional scene. I know they have bad blood from the hotel the night before. Would you pick Jake Hadley to beat Mohamed Makaev?
1: That's a good question. Would I pick Jake Hadley to beat Mohamed Makaev? Jake Hadley looked very good in this fight. Um, I, I'd, 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 I sure as heck would like to see it. Um. And you're putting me on the spot. I would pick, I think I would pick Makaev still. I'm still, I'm still pretty high on the uh, goods of Makaev. I don't don't think Jake Hadley would be that like real, real big step up where he'd kind of have to slow his roll. But uh, man, I think those odds would be really damn close.
0: Yeah. I I think uh, I'm, I'm with you there. I'd have to think a little bit more about what would happen if they did stall out in the wrestling and wound up on the feet. Cause I think, you know, I think what Makaev is continuously showing us, not just with the Philo fight, but with, when he fought Malcolm Gordon, he's just too risky and he gives up bad positions really, really too often for a guy who's as good as he is on the ground. You can't be that risky. You got to be a little safer. I think Jake Hadley is safer, but if they stalled out on the mat, I don't know how it would look on the feet. I'd have to probably think about it. I'd have to probably watch some film, but like, you know, for a guy who's talking about potentially being the champ already in, in Mokaev to have to think that hard about whether or not he would be an unranked flyweight is, is not good. Uh, that, it, that's true. It means the hype is too high. Uh, it yeah, means, yeah, they, yeah mean, they
1: probably rushed him to that that number twelve ranking, right? Like
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, and, and for the record, I I've been voting him at number fifteen for weeks now. So I, you know, I, not that I don't think he's good but I don't think he's twelve. So um, I'll tell you who is also pretty good. And that's Joanne Wood, who picks up her first win with the last name Wood, uh, because all of her previous wins came under the name Calderwood. But again, it was not without weird judges decisions because one judge, granted, it was not Paul Sutherland this time. One judge scored the fight for Luana Carolina. She eventually wins 28-29, 30-27, 29-28. Not much to say here other than uh, I think, you know, she looked good in the clinch maybe that i guess that's the the best part
1: yeah again uh right girl one i'm i'm happy that joanne would. um she got another win man it's it's been rough for her especially like you know getting a title shot and then it doesn't work out and you decide to take another fight and that that springs three straight losses don't think, think she's ever going to get another title shot but uh i like her personality She's seems like a really
0: sweet girl and I, i'm always happy when she wins same i I'm, I'm a little bummed out when they showed the pre-fight graphic i did not realize she is as old as she is cuz i you know when you said you, you said it on the show wednesday or thursday no wednesday wednesday when we were taping you said like i don't think she'll ever get a title shot and i was like ah oh, she could she could do a run that that division's got some killers but like who knows and then i looked at the pre-fight graphic 37 years old 37, i was not yeah, yeah I was not ready for that sort of surprised me but uh yeah good to see her get back in the win column regardless uh, nobody got in the win column in the next fight. That's because Jai Herbert drew with Ludovic Klein 29, 27, 28, 28, 28, 28. After Jai Herbert was subtracted a point for kicking kind of Ludovic Klein's groin twice, kind of, uh, although uh, uh, Michael Bisping sent, seemed to think it was more of a shot at the uh, hip bone than anything else. But uh, nevertheless, draw, I, I don't know if there's much to say here too, other than a bummer on the point deduction.
1: Yeah, bummer on the point deduction. I thought Herbert was on his way to winning that fight. And uh you know, to me, he still could have won that fight, right? I thought he might yeah, have won I, the I uh, actually I actually thought he won rounds.
0: all the rounds. Yeah, I thought he won
1: all the rounds. Yeah. yeah. All, all rounds, yeah. I know. So yeah, it, it's a bummer. The point deduction sucks, but uh, you know,
0: I thought it was a good performance nonetheless from him same and uh then we we are left with my plus 350 hit for the night another person who did win all three rounds and there was no debating veronica hardy comes back from a three-year layoff better than a three-to-one underdog and just shuts out juliana miller 30 27 30 27 30 27 if you tailed me on one pick this week i hope you were tailing me on veronica hardy because damn did she look like she was in a different league than juliana miller uh, do you think this is just kind of like Miller is not ready for this? Yeah, she looks really bad in this fight. Um, <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> literally, it was like Bull and a Matador, right? Like, Mercedes would just wait for Julian Miller to come in and, and just blast her with counter shots all night. She couldn't get the grappling going. Man, Dan Hardy's got to be extra happy, right? His wife comes back and then, uh, you know, spoils the plan of the UFC's Ultimate Fighter
0: Championship. Yeah. It's or ultimate Fighter Champion. <laughs> Yikes. It's and I would say this too about Hardy. I, you know, and I mentioned it when we were breaking down the fight on Wednesday, she, she's not necessarily like the best at wrestling or the best at like takedown defense, but she does scramble so well. And that's what happened. Anytime Julianna Miller got on any of those takedowns, she just tipped over and all of a sudden Hardy's yep. on top and Miller seemed okay enough being on the bottom. Cause that's where all of her attacks come from. And there was no way there was no way she could get anything going. And it just kind of goes to show you the level of the ultimate fighter is really floundering since we've added contender series and Dana White's looking for a fight in LFA, which we'll be talking about tomorrow. has got killers on it every week. The people who choose to go on the ultimate fighter are people who are at the end of the rope or people who are trying to jump into the UFC too early. And I think Juliana Miller kind of got found out as the latter of those. Somebody tried to jump into the UFC before they're ready to. Yeah. Well, uh, this is what her fifth, fifth pro fight. Yeah. She's, and, and she's, you know, three and one, which no shame in three and one, but like, you're, in, not ready. Need,
1: you're not ready for a UFC pay-per-view card, right?
0: No, not unless you, not unless you have the pedigree of a Brock Lesnar who's coming as, you know, like a, high level or a bone neck. Bo you know? yeah, right. Bo exactly. So, yeah. Those guys, or, or even Alex Pajeda, if you want to talk about guys who have, you know, insane one skill. But the thing about Juliana Miller, she doesn't have one phenomenal skill. She's got, oh, she's a, a good grappler. She's got above average jujitsu for a regional level flyweight. You know, like right. if you put her on an Invicta card, she would have better jujitsu than, you know, 90% of the girls on that show. She doesn't even have better jujitsu than Fatima Klein, who we talked about last week. Fatima Klein, Granted, a weight class down, Fanta McCline's grappling would blow Juliana Miller's out of the water.
1: I think she would smoke Juliana Miller right now. Even, the even,
0: with the, even with the size disparity. I, I'm with you 100%. I'd take Fanta oh, yeah fight. She fights at 115, right? Yep, and I'd still take her. I, still <laughs> I, I think she still smokes. I still think the grappling smokes, are. Yeah, and I, I think she's a better striker, yet she's fighting on Invicta cards on uh, Wednesday nights instead. So maybe that's where uh, Juliana Miller goes. They're not going to find anybody easier than a three-year layoff Veronica Hardy for her. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do next. So when all said and done, that was 15 fights. Uh, the official records on the week, uh, I went 7-7 in one Kurt went nine, five and one, so a little bit better. Uh, I hit my lock, but missed uh hit my lock with Christian Leroy Duncan, but missed on my dog with Jai Herbert, or actually pushed on my dog with Jai Herbert and missed on my prop with uh Fiziev by KO. Uh Kurt, meanwhile, missed on his lock, Sam Patterson, uh dropping him to 0-2, but he did hit on both the dog and the prop, as we talked about before. Gunny by submission, Justin Gagey on the money line. So overall, a pretty good night for us. Really great night for the UFC. And that sends us forward to another live show that they're going to do. Granted, I think the gate will probably be a little bit smaller at the AT&T Center in San Antonio, Texas, than it was in the O2 Arena. But we're going to get excited for Vera versus Sanhagen coming to you guys next week. Chito Vera. Corey, the Sandman, Sanhagen. It is going down on Saturday. Uh, Holly Holm, Yana Santos in the co-main event. Andrea Lee, Macy Barber. Chidi Enjikawani versus Albert Duryev rounds out the main card. Uh, We also have Alex Perez versus Manel Cape. Sick fight there. And tons of other things to look forward to, including Austin Lingo finally getting to fight after being kind of screwed over a week ago. So, Um, All cool stuff there. And we will be back on Wednesday to break down the prelims and Thursday to break down the main card from that one. So make sure you tune in then. And while you're at it, uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at SGPNMMA. You can follow me at Gumby Vreeland and Kurt at KCPKO. You can also uh, make sure to follow all of the SGPN accounts. We've got shows for every different thing. And you can read about all of those different sports and betting on them on the website sports gambling podcast network uh make sure to check all that out and of course get in the discord chat about the fights there were people talking about their bets in there and uh their winnings and losings it was a lot of fun on saturday night and it's bound to be a lot of fun next saturday as well so um we're gonna put it to bed until tomorrow i'm dana gonna he's kurt chase patrick and we'll see you then